All right. Good morning, everybody. I'm way too loud, and this is the show formerly known as Expat, and my guest today is uh, Rose. Good morning. Hi. Um, well, I guess we should talk about why does one start a female well-being company? Like, what what is your what is your primer experience of like? Okay, I need to I need to do something <laughs> about it. So the main reason why I started Yoni Global is because there is a much need of education and definitely resources for natural and sustainable products. Um, and the focus first is Europe, and especially because I experienced firsthand how it is to be misdiagnosed, to receive the wrong medication or the wrong information regarding vaginal health. So that was the main reason why I thought, no, this needs to be different. We're going to change this. So... Actually, during COVID, uh, when I still was working at my full-time job, I decided to make this change happen, and that's where Yoni Global uh, came to fruition. So, is there some kind of, you know, what what is like a, a chief misunderstanding of, you know, like let's like say, like I'm a guy, I have a wife, <laughs> and I'm just, you know, I'm I'm existing in the world, you know, I I do my hygiene stuff every day, but there's something that. You know, maybe this like a gray area. Is it something that so this is much more like a like a body healthcare type of thing rather than is there some kind of like core philosophy behind it or? Yes. Yeah, so actually, with Yoni Global, we're doing two things at the same time. So we're building a medical device that will give insights into the general health of the vagina by measuring menstrual cycle, uh, fertility, ovulation, and the level of your pH. So it's going to be like an overall solution. And next to the development of the device, we launched Europe's newest femcare web shop from Budapest, actually. So we're located in Amsterdam and Budapest, and we're selling in whole Europe. But the main reason is, when you go back to the philosophy that you just asked, is regarding the pH of the vagina, because there's a lack of education on this topic, and a lot of women don't even know the change of the vaginal pH and what this means during your menstrual cycle Mm -hmm. and what kind of information this gives. This can actually mean if there is a lot of fluctuation in it, that can also risk and reduce fertility, actually. So it's a really heavy topic. And with Yoni Global, we're here to actually educate on the bigger scope of the, of the vaginal health with the main focus of the pH of yeah. the vagina. It, it, this is exactly, I think, why this is super interesting, because I think it's a, it's a touchy subject, right? It's not... Uh, how, how do you... Um, when you, when you first had the idea or like you started thinking about it like how do you approach someone to let's say you know invest in a company like this how do you start it's it's not exactly it's you know like question. steel it's a really milling or something you know it's not like some normal industry it's yes. very personal very no, intimate no it's a really good question i also love that we can talk about this at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning about vaginal health so i really love that um so regarding investment it's hard it's really hard we're currently still in the investment phase uh it's going really well actually right now but we're doing this for kind of a year already um but because of only 2.3% of investment goes to female-founded companies worldwide. So that shows the lack of finances and funding into women-led companies. And we are touching vaginal health. So you can imagine how small that scope is from the 2.3%. And we're also a medical company, so that's even making harder. So Femtech is kind of a new niche. Um, and we are here to break the taboos and also really make sure that we're going to put it on the market. Right now, ma- mainly the companies in the U.S. with mem- Femtech are focusing U.S.-based and U.K.-based. So with our European background, it's going to be really a change in the market. It's, like, when, when you say like Femtech, my, my first thought is like, I'm pretty sure, you know, like, 
tampons were invented by a guy. Yes, but that's mo- not mo- tech. <laughs> most likely. Well, I mean, does it have to be, you know, like anything that has to do with that type of health and well-being? Maybe before electricity, there were already solutions yes, for well-being. Yes, that's care, actually. Okay. Yes, so there's a difference between femcare and femtech. Okay. So, so that femtech is really focusing on digital health and technology right. and the medical part of the devices. Okay, so the devices have to have at least one central processing unit. That's really depending because you can also be a wellness device, for example, but we want to go for the CE mark. That means that we can actually be a medical device and also be in contact with the B2B approach with gynecologists and healthcare professionals. So it's basically a decision and it's also depending on the idea that you have. We have the proof that we can have global patents. So that's pretty exciting. Um, so we cannot talk too much about the device, but we, I can mention that we are currently almost finished with our European patent application. So that's pretty exciting news and I think really amazing news as well for regarding our medical device. Have you, I guess there's been a lot of research going into this. Um, have you found anything that like um, changed your idea or like was some kind of a revelation when you were, I guess, researching on how to, I guess, engineer the device or what kind of yes. requirement it needs to so meet? So regarding the engineering part, we're extremely happy that we work together with um high-level companies from the Netherlands. So we work together with Centron, and we also work together with GBO. So regarding the developments and the centering technique that's already existing, we just work together. But the main thing that I... um what I came to notice when I did the studies before having the idea was the lack of focusing on the pH. And a lot of companies and a lot of people don't understand how the pH actually changes on a daily basis. And this data and this measurement that is so important to understand and give us the knowledge that we need because vaginal health is actually affecting overall well-being. Um, and it all starts actually with the microbiome and the vaginal pH. So what is the um, what is the problem that this? I, I think there is um, at least you know after COVID there was a bit of a uh, let's say a, a rude awakening that a lot of tech companies are actually solving problems that maybe let's say not exist but are very minimal that they affect yes. a tiny percentage of the population. Yes. <clears throat> From what you're saying, my understanding is that your goal would be for everyone. No, to have, to have one, or is this like a like a, like a medical diagnostic device, and there's a certain group of people who would need this? So basically, our target audience is women from 25 to 45, and um, they can actually grow with us. So 75% of women worldwide experience vaginal imbalance. So this actually shows the the scope of the problem in the market. And within this, we can actually, what I mentioned, focus on four key indicators, so vaginal pH, but also when your menstrual cycle is happening, when you're most fertile, and when you're ovulating. So we actually combine the current solutions in the market into overall solution because the separation and disjointment of this market, it makes it time-consuming but also really expensive. So we're just going to step into the market with one solution where you can also decide to track basically those four key indicators but we're going to do it on a tailor-made approach so actually you can decide to only track your menstrual cycle if needed but if you want if you're getting older and you're ready to get children then you can also decide to measure more data so you can actually have the overall package and is there um i don't know i guess i guess you conducted user interviews yes and um I guess, is there a, still a taboo around maybe, you know, doing this type of self-measurement? Because I think what is a, a big, there's a big gender gap in in when men get sick 
they rather have like the man flu and they're like, yeah. oh no, I have 37.8 temperature. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm barely, I'm barely alive. And then, but not go to a doctor ever because that's yeah. admitting defeat. <laughs> and is there, well, I don't know. I'm just presuming, but um, is there a, a way where practitioners, so like you know, um, GPs or um, you know, gynecologists, would be prescribing this device? Because this is, I, I think, because it is a medical device. It's going to enter into the yes. care system yeah. somehow. I'm yeah. just trying to imagine how no, this it's would a really, work. It's a really interesting question, a good question as well. But there are so many problems in the healthcare, actually, uh, regarding women. So as a woman, if you go to a doctor, you're often being like misdiagnosed or not being listened to. So for women to actually walk around with this vaginal imbalance, we have proved that women doing that for multiple weeks at the same time, and it can actually affect fertility, what I mentioned before. So this thing that women are not being heard of or buying the wrong products, right? Because in the market, there are a lot of femcare products focusing on vaginal soap or vaginal perfume or vaginal bath or something to just make it smell better. But a smell actually, for example, indicates that there is a problem. But because of the, the misinformation and mis, um, the, the wrong problems that are existing in products, women just buy the wrong products to solve their problems. So that's one part. Then in healthcare, women are not being listened to. So actually, we make the, the line shorter between the consumer and the healthcare practitioner. And, um, I don't know if you've ever tried like, simulating the conversation of going back to, to let's say, a, a gynecologist who has been misdiagnosing you for weeks or months and then say like oh i have this device this tells me you're wrong doctor is is that not a very, very difficult conversation i i would no actually not because we we uh, used to work with a lot of hospitals in the netherlands as well we were working with one of the biggest hospitals in the netherlands so we actually have combined uh really strong partnership of healthcare facilities and also doctors and phd um and also focusing on science like we have all these teams in our in our team as well so that means that that's the reason why in the last six months we made uh an art we came with an article on forbes we're also a new new york city journal we won on stage during medical femtech in paris by founding partners forbes france and mckinsey and those companies that we were competing with those are for example companies that are existing for five years and solving ovary cancer so that were our competitors and we won as well so that shows the level that we are playing in and we are focusing on with our partners and that also shows the impact of the solutions that we're going to offer in the market with this problem so let's that's actually a pretty good segue because i wanted to ask about like the the femtech space like how is it is it for example crucial that let's say you know it's a uh, woman founded or woman led or or it's just as long as it deals with with, with feminine not crucial well-being. not crucial I think it's I, I think it's, it's I think it's easier for, to be a woman to understand the problem better because um, what we still notice that when we talk to a lot of male in this in this situation doesn't matter if it's investments or just like getting to know our company better to really get a grip of the actual problem regarding women's health you do need to have experience either being a woman or having a wife or having a girlfriend who experiences the same and is open in communication because it's a lot of things are happening and only we're just now touching the service regarding the actual problems in healthcare. Um, but it's not it's not needed. There are a lot of companies actually with, with men individuals on boards and also in their core team because regarding the tech developments it's often also men individuals focusing on it and we actually pride ourselves to also have men individuals in our team 
So we're definitely not only focusing on female-founded and fully female-led. We actually like the fact that we can include men individuals as well because their perspective is also really important to be included. Mm. But when you go to a, a conference or a, or a, or a contest or a f- like, a, like an expo yes. that deals with it, like what is the, 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 the general sentiment? What is the, the main focus of this industry right now? Like, I think you guys have a very specific problem. It's this imbalance yes. and, you know, we need... You but need that's to... only our problem, actually, yeah. because there are also a lot of companies specifically focusing on fertility, focusing on egg freezing. There's also, what I just mentioned, uh, ovary cancer. It can also be skin conditions. It can really be just any kind of internal, external problem that we focus on. Um, also, miscarriage is a, lot, it's a heavy topic that is being focused on as well. So... Basically, just the whole scope of just being a woman and the journeys that we experience right now, they're just better solutions coming to the market to solve those problems. Mm-hmm. I think there's a there's an interesting divide because because this type of well-being, it's uh, I guess most of these companies are founded by individuals who you know see a problem and they think they have a solution to that problem, but a lot of it affects, let's say, national or or, or even like global. Uh, trends where if you can solve XYZ problems, it will lead to, let's say, better fertility rates or rather, you know, if women can have better control of their reproductive systems, it can even lead to lower fertility rates because you know what you want with your body and 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 these types uh, is there any kind of have you witnessed any kind of like government interest or like you know someone from some kind of ministry coming down and saying actually um actually we actually recall jeffries he's our chief strategy officer c did as he's located in london as he's originally from boston c conducted an interview with the dutch government uh focusing on the only global and also regarding our patent process and that's a printed uh, interview as well so there's definitely interest from government Governments, um, we we try to do it a bit of the back end with otherwise, right? Because we're going for for global patents, and if we have that conducted in January, then we can really go full out with our device. So then it's also easier to go more in the public with with the process and the, the problems that we're gonna tackle. Um, but it's pretty interesting because. The the backstory of Yoni Global is, for example, I experienced firsthand for like almost longer than a decade the actual problems because I went to safe houses because of mental and physically abusement in my childhood and there were many women who were surrounding me and had the same problems because of the extreme situation that we were in so not only internal factors can influence your vagina health but also external factors so that's why I also noticed that there are not enough studies being conducted on different ethnicities or regions of the world so it's really important to understand that part as well to find make different studies and to make the pro- make the solution to these heavy problems that are still existing unfortunately everywhere my naive guess would be that some like this type of device that you guys are developing would pick up faster in the Netherlands than even in Hungary Eastern Europe but uh, in regions like I don't know let's say Africa or or um, or Southeast Asia uh, have you have you done any research into like oh hey we're developing a device market, that's, that's, yes. so, that yes. solves this would you be interested yes. what is the general Asian market, consensus yes so actually we are in contact also with the Asian markets um, also with the governments there actually so regarding African markets so what we're going to do with our device because it's obviously going to be a tech device right so the price is going to be 
a bit higher. So we're still going to be accessible, but with the profit that we're going to make with this device, we're still going to make sure to make healthcare facilities in healthcare desert. That means that there are regions where women often cannot go to a healthcare um, to a doctor or get their birth control or get like the supplements they need. So we're going to make sure to build those healthcare facilities and also build safe houses again, because I know how bad they were. Um, and what I experienced there. So with the only global, the bigger picture is to actually really change the market for both levels, like also poverty places where we can really support women with free resources. Currently, I'm actually talk. I'm trying to talk to shelters in Hungary. It's a bit of a um, hard topic, actually, <laughs> to, to get response back. But our goal is to give resources in like femcare products and tampons and pads and also educate them about a little bit about vaginal health and also about sexual intercourse. So we're trying to really get in contact with Hungarian market. It's for us easier to do this in the UK market and in the Dutch market because we're also located there. But somehow in Hungary, it's a bit hard to to find the right connections um, here. But that's one thing we really want to do. So with the only global, our main mission is to really educate. And we're trying to push that in every level that we can. From the from like the communication design perspective, um, I guess this would be part of I don't know like like the like teenage level education. Like how how do you imagine? Because I think we have phones, but I think most of humanity uses very advanced technology in a very primitive way. I, you know, the stereotype is you know we have. You know, global interconnectivity, and all yeah. we do is take pictures of our butts and our food, yeah. and it's uh, we have we could do so much more with it, and and there are you know millions of apps out there that that could enhance people's well-being, but people just refuse to use it because there are five main apps that everyone yeah. is on ninety percent yeah. of the time. Um, I guess, and when you have a physical device, that is also like okay, you need to establish a routine you need yes, to do exactly. it you need you need also need i guess some kind of mobile app or um online yes. interface that makes records Device the data and application. And, yeah. yes exactly and um i don't know if you've met the challenge of okay how are people actually going to develop a routine and not just go for the novelty and like yes so actually the, the most important part is that they that we're gonna that the individual is gonna measure it on a daily basis so the most important thing is it needs to look accessible and user-friendly Um, and that's where also our partners come in because Centron actually already has pH probes focusing on agriculture and food. So what we're going to do is we use their blueprint and change the whole outside encasing. And also we can use still the data measurement and the tracking in between. And we made sure to work together with Nienke Helder. She's actually really highly experienced in product development, focusing on sexual wellness and sexually abusement as well. So with this, we made sure that our design, that our device is really appealing design-wise and that it's all that you want to want to use it right it's almost as convenient as a toothbrush like you're so used to use it every day that was our main mission as well to make it as user-friendly and it's only going to be three seconds so the measurement is only going to be three seconds there are actually companies right now already existing in the u.s market that needs to be inserted into the vagina for 60 minutes that's extremely long and uncomfortable so one thing that we wanted to tackle is to make it as easy as possible basically so did i get it right that This is a um, that the pH sensor is coming from a company who have like a, a long experience, yes. like history of of producing these sensors, but not necessarily for like um, 
medical yes. diagnostics. So. And that's where our medical partners come in and also the manufacturing and development companies. So we have for the first time three existing high-level partners bringing together for the first time who are going to make this happen. And when you brought the, the, the three-second requirement to the table, were there any like you know eyebrows going no, through the no, ceiling? No, no, not at all. It was actually it's actually easy possible with with the experience and the, and the resources that we have. Mm. And how? Tell me a little bit about um, what went like. I guess the idea was was yours. It popped into your head one day. But what was like the the first thought of like okay, who do I need to contact? Like how does like I'm really interested in like the the, really the, the genesis of how you because you've listed at least you know four. I'm guessing pretty big corporate entities that are involved and yes. in, like experts yes. and stuff. But at one point it was just, you know, some electricity yes. between two neurons in your brain. So yeah. <laughs> how did we get here? Yeah. So two years ago, the first idea that I had, I was really, um, I always liked fashion and lingerie and I thought, okay, let's do something with that. So I thought, what if I'm going to make a chip that can actually be in your um, underwear that can measure also these levels. And then I realized it's not possible because it needs to be from within. And now actually Whoop, I don't know if you know the brand Whoop, the wearables, um, it's a fitness um, tracker actually, but now they have an, an, an underwear line with the chip. So it's really interesting that that was one of the first ideas that I had. And then I thought it needs to be maybe connected with a, a vibrator, for example, because that's already in the vagina during the sexual intercourse practices. But then I thought I don't want to include medical with sexual yeah, practices combined. Business, exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> I thought that's not a good idea. So then just going on and on and on to find something that's actually um, feasible and then just trying to find the right partners. You need to learn that you can get no a lot of times. <laughs> But I don't take no. So I just continue to find the right partners um, that not only for, because one of the core values that we have with Yoni is values first, money after. So even if it's a company that could actually do this with us faster, but it doesn't have the right values that we have with Yoni Global, it's going to be no. And then we just go on and find another partner again. But Centron is actually the only company worldwide who has glass-free pH impulses. So that's pretty amazing that we have them on our team um, so that means that that's also one thing that we can really differentiate ourselves with. So what was the first breakthrough where you were like, okay, this might actually happen? I guess when someone has like a drive and you really want to get something done and you hear no a lot of the time, it can be a bit disheartening. But what, was there like a moment where you were like, oh, someone actually thinks other than me that this yeah. is viable and, and um, this could actually happen? So... Actually, I, I I have a lot of experience in building startups internationally and also in Europe, so I do know how to skill startups. Um, but this was, like, the medical field was definitely totally different than what I used to be in. So I felt really new, uh, but I didn't know that this was a really strong idea. But again, it was for myself. But then I onboarded Recal Jeffrey. Um, and then we actually went, um, we officially signed in the company last year, January. And then we went on stage in April in Paris. So we got personally invited by Forbes, France and McKinsey. And we needed to pitch on stage for the first time. It was the very first time that we were out there talking about the only global huge stage. I had heavy anxiety. <laughs> and that we won. And that's also where we met Tiffany McKeever. She's the founder of Consensus Healthcare. And she's now our chairwoman of advisory. And she has like 25 years of experience in this field. Um, 
And to, to win an article in Forbes actually shows the level of what we're working on. And that also really indicated that, okay, what we're doing is really going to be big. And besides that, we also launched what I said, our web shop. And in our web shop, we're focusing with our social media channels and with our blog, we're really focusing on education regarding all this topic. So we really want to be a safe haven for women by women and to since that moment that we were on stage, we really used that momentum and it's also showing everywhere. And that's actually how we started growing our community and growing the trust with our, um, with our viewers and users as well. So when you get a, a senior advisor on the board who has you know, been around for decades, um, what, can, can you reveal like what was their first... Uh, like reflection on the subject or, or what like I guess of course <laughs> yes. they wouldn't join if they weren't yes. excited about it actually, but was um, there something like you know be careful with that or like you guys were doing no, this but no actually Tiffany she, she saw us pitching on stage because she was actually one of the founding partners and she came to us she said like I want to work with you guys and then we, we had a we scheduled a meeting and we see how it went and since then it's just like only amazing and wonderful um, but the people that we that are in our team or want to work with us, they immediately get it. They're super supportive. They're like in awe. They know that it's going to be big. But it's a really differentiation, right? You either get it and you love it and you want to work with us or it's a no, you don't understand the problem or they just don't get it. So it's, it's no in between, actually. There is no in between. But with her, see, yeah, just amazing she she is really really good mentor for both Raquel and me um especially with her experience and again she really understands our values and she wants us to continue with our idea how we set it out because she really understands that this is going to be big as well but it's really interesting to work with different individuals because of the contrast right it's either totally get it or not at all what was there a was there a discussion where you had to like really like break through a wall to someone who did not understand like if if i'm a you know if you're pitching to me and i'm an investor and i'm like i don't guys i don't get it like what would be an angle where i'm saying when i say like, oh people won't do this like i understand it's three seconds but it's another app on yeah. my phone i'm not gonna like actually what yeah. is what is something <laughs> and, and let's say let's say i'm not maybe i'm, I'm a guy and, and i don't yes. understand the value of the product as for yes. my own individual person but you know usually these people have you know money in like 70 exactly. companies so <laughs> and not every single one caters to their individual needs but what would be something you would say in a situation where you feel like you're kind of losing the pitch or something it was actually um it's not necessarily losing the pitch because our pitch is really strong because that's the reason why we're also in forbes right but i think it was last week that we had an investor investment meeting with a man in this case um and he was already like 10 minutes late and really confusing and Right now, we're on a level that we actually understand that we are strong, that what we're going to do is going to make an impact. And we already did what we're supposed to do in such a short time frame, right? So the pattern is going to be filed. We already have the web shop. All these things already happening. So he basically told us no. He gave a really horrible feedback. But then I started to ask him questions. Sorry, what, what, was, his, what was his feedback like? So basically he said, no, he doesn't understand it. It's not, uh, he doesn't understand the combination from the mark for the web shop and the device. And then I asked him, like, did you have time to read the deck? He said, no. I just basically went through it. I said, but did you read, for example, slide five? This really high-level, clear explanation. He said, no. And then he said, but I give high-level feedback. But I said... Can you explain what you mean with high-level feedback? Because if you didn't read the deck, 
then where is your feedback based on? And then he said, his response was, so why are you so defensive? And I told him that I just asked questions, like how you ask us questions and how you... And I told him that I just asked questions, like how you ask us questions and how you give your opinion. I'm just interested in where that opinion is based on. Because if you think about it, it's also, again... The problem in the market, right? Only 2.3% go to women-based companies. A man individual is talking to me, didn't read the deck, didn't took time, was already late, and then says no, based on nothing, didn't read the actual business um, approach that we have. And then the moment I start asking questions, he calls me defensive. So that's just one small um, explanation and an example of what we have to do and what we have to go through every day almost. I guess and there's um there's a very uh I wouldn't say dangerous trend but there is an interesting let's say sinister trend of um a lot of the entertainment sector and, and a little bit of the of the tech sector is uh seeing a lot of um Saudi or like Gulf state investment coming in and and there is a lot of um let's say discrepancy between companies who say you know they do pride month for example yeah but then the next month they take money from governments that don't have the best track records with 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 human rights and 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 especially like minority groups women included um i don't know if your company has any kind of investment i'm not trying to call anybody out but um you said that you've, you've scaled startups before. Has this ever been an issue, either this company or a different company, where there's a value that the company stands for, but the money comes from a place where it's yes. proven that yes. those values are not being yeah. practiced? Yes, actually, that's one of the reasons why um, it did not work out with the previous companies I was working for, because I was working in really toxic male environments, and that's probably the reason why I know how to not <laughs> how to not um, do it on that way. But um, I had many fights and arguments with the, the higher level back then when I was working for to not do these things or to not go open with these because it's in contradiction with the values of the companies and I don't feel comfortable with that. So right now we, we also screen our investors. So we have a whole investor profile. We do a background check because we're not just going to accept a check, right? And it's also depending on the level of the money that someone would invest because we also don't want to give it a big of a piece away to this investor, especially if it's not aligned with our vision, because I don't want to go down the roads when they have a huge equity part and it's a male investor who wants all of a sudden change the whole approach. And then I'm there with the money, but then the whole core values of Yoni is gone. So we do making sure also at the board of advisories that we screen the investors, we do a background check. Also the board is talking with the investors. So we do everything that we can to make sure that that's not happening and it will also not happen because let's say someone would say i want to invest four million right now and then the person is aligned with horrible issues in society and in the market then we would say no because i prefer to do it on a, a different way and to wait longer and then actually launch the device with pure intense pure intentions and values than to go into the market with this horrible situation that we could possibly be aligned with my outside view, I've, I've I've worked for startups in like very tangential, like I, I helped make some campaigns, but they've never been like a in inside the startup size company. 
uh, especially not something with its own technology being developed. But usually the life cycle goes is that you start scaling, and especially if you have a physical product, then you start, there's a you know, go-to-market process, and then either it's you know, uh, IPO or exit at some yeah. point. And, um, and this seems to be much more of like a, I don't know, a long-term project than, than I, I don't know what uh, startups you've worked with in the past, but, but there's this very overheated thing where everyone's very enthusiastic at the start and everyone, let's say, I'm making little air quotes with my hands, like <laughs> believe the mission. And then at some point it just becomes this cynical, let's just... Just no, get some, why... Let's just get someone with a bag and let's all just walk out the door and start over again with something else. And yeah. how is, no, how is that's it for this? Like what I mentioned also, like my, my the bigger goal with Yoni is to build this uh, safe houses and this healthcare facilities, right? So under that right now we have the web shop and in between it's going to be the, the medical device, but it's all going to be intertwined with each other because launching a medical device into the market, consumer base with no brand awareness with no customer base with no nothing it's going to be hard so that's why we decided to launch this web shop and we do that together with w pharma um actually bolton varg is also my life partner so we're doing this really together and with his experience in in hungary and budapest market we are able to also bring in for the first time brands from femcare brands from all over the world so we are actually european entry point so this marketplace and webshop we can really scale with natural organic sustainable products with the same target audience for our medical device so that means that we can focus on brand awareness we can build trust we can focus on education but we can also really be an entry point for companies that had a hard time entering the European market. So then when our device is ready and we have our patent uh, application fi finalized in January, we can already introduce the device to our customer base, can can even include them in the process that we're having. So, but it's a really easy launch pad for the medical device. And then we can also really take them into the bigger picture that we have, really changing the education and resources for the safe houses and healthcare facilities. I have so many questions, <laughs> but uh, f um, so what? What makes um, what makes uh, a healthcare product uh, sustainable versus like if I just go down the street into the? So let's talk about tampons, for example. The average tampon that you can get at the corner store is a lot of toxics in it. So we have natural, biodegradable, and sustainable. Um, tampons. We also have pads. I even wear uh, currently a sticker. It's like a heating pad on my stomach because literally before this I got my periods uh. and I have a stomach pain. But it's full natural. So you stick it on your body. You can really use it. It gives six to eight hours heat and it's really targeting the, the pain that you feel during your period, for example. Mm. Next to that, we're focusing on pregnancy and postpartum. Also, only natural products, for example, have a belly balm that uh, helps battling stretch marks during the growth of the, of, the of the baby in your belly. Also, after um, breastfeeding, you have really sore and painful nipples. We have um, a, a nip nipstick with also all full vegan and sustainable products to make it, uh, make it smooth. But we also have a bra where you can have ice heat packs that it's really targeting the pain after breastfeeding. And it's also for the first time from Nisa Care in Europe. So all the products that we have, we, we screen it, we make sure that the values are aligned with our values. We make sure 
to even background check their team, what they did this far, what ingredients are in the product and what they're doing. Um, you can also find all the ingredients on our webshop. We're really transparent. So how to use it, the ingredients, background story of the brands, that's all included on our webpage. Um, so yeah, we, we're actually making sure that it's all sustainable, even in our packaging, for example. Interesting, as a startup, we had a lot of conversation with the finance team <laughs> because b being fully sustainable, it's also cost a lot of money um, for a small startup. So actually our packaging is fully sustainable and even our stickers are biodegradable on our carts as well. So we really make sure to focus on that. Yeah. But for example, uh, for something that's uh, a wearable and not consumable, if um, someone buys, you know, this um, this this bra that can have like the the ice packs or the heat packs, if if I need, well, not me, but let's say someone in the family <laughs> um, has it and and um, they have a problem, let's say you know, two years from now, three years from now, and let's say there's a second or third child and it would use it, but it's the material is a bit you know loose on it or something. Um, can they bring back? Definitely, yes. Your yes. repair it. So, like, I, I went by Definitely. sustainability. No, they can, uh, they yeah. So, the product itself is sustainable, right? But if there is any uh, problem with the product itself, we take it back, we replace it, obviously, with the new product, um, obviously, depending what the situation is. But we will make sure to always um, replace the product if needed, ship another one, or if it's not all right. We actually had a problem with one customer that the the product was broken. Arrive immediately sent uh, a new item to the to the customer. Yeah, see, that's the, <clears throat> the the thing is that I guess when it comes to consumables, um, to me, sustainable means that your you or your uh, your your vendors who are, who are supplying, let's say, you know, the chemical components are not you know dumping their their waste into into rivers and and, and they make sure that there are no surplus waste being made when they're producing the raw but material the actual, or, or the doing actual materials of inside the products that are fully vegan and also natural so there are no chemical waste products based on making these items mm -hmm. and i guess this is where like you know the whole um like the value value part comes in when when you mentioned um your personal experience with, with safe houses and how yes. you would want to better them you can completely you know say next question if, if you feel it's, it's it's too personal but based on your experience like like what is um th was this in the in the netherlands or yes okay so um so what 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 would make a good safe house if someone you know like god forbid but if someone yes. needs one what first is, of all what, what would hiring make a good people safe house? that actually are qualified to to take in these women in from different regions and ethnicities as well, but taking these women and actually support them on the whole journey because actually what what I experience in all the safe houses, so yes, you are safe from the man or person that like abuse you, but there's no support. So it's basically almost get like dumped in this house and then there's no support. You are with many women. Actually, I experienced such, not me, but I saw women and children there being sexually abused as well. So there are no resources, there's no help to basically enter you again into the market after this, into society, after this whole situation that's happening. So you need to basically think about the situation that you're being taken out of your life abruptly. You're into the safe house, there's no psychological help, there's no help getting into schools, there's no help financially. So it's just a Nothing. room. Nothing. It's just a building, basically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's just 
I mean, it's not a prison, but you cannot leave the facility because you don't know what's happening with the, the person that put you in there. So there is no help at all, no education, no, no safetyness. It's called a safe house, but it's not safe at all. Um, because if you think about the fact that people were able to abuse, sexually abuse people inside the building, that is horrendous and it's horrible to, to even imagine that if you're in a safe house to experience that. So really, first of all, making sure that the individuals that are working there and taking care of the women and children are actually qualified to, to do this. I guess, hmm, it's just uh, the way um, you, you, you tie the, um, this experience with, 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 with the funding of the company, I guess, the founding, sorry, not funding, the founding of the company. Um, is there a way where where there is a little bit of a, you said that, you know, values first and money later, but it's still, there is there's a drive to, to, to produce something that is for everyone and there is um, the aspect of the web shop and you're still, you know, marketing products to consumers while in the background there's this this mission and do, do you see there's a, like a little bit of a, poten a potential conflict of interest between, yes, you're going to be driving the company forward, but also trying to, I don't want to say behave like a charity organization, but you, s you, you clearly have this very, you know, positive drive to change this, but... Uh, no, I don't Can think so. Can the two so. things coexist? I, th I, th I think it needs to coexist because to, to create safe houses, you need to have money, obviously, and to create these things. I mean, in the end, you need to have money to do the things that you want to do um, and to find the resources to educate and to support and bring all these resources. You need to have money. And I prefer that that money comes through our own resources, through the web shop and the medical device, that we are sure that the money has pure intentions and pure values that I prefer that it comes through this and we actually can have a 360 approach to fund our own ideas and the charity and the organizations then to again need to go to do the same process and do the funding and fundraising again without our own um, profitable resources. And um, you have no faith in, in, the, in the government being if, if, so without bringing in the money part, it's just having the force to let's say I don't want to say lobby, but somehow convince governments, definitely, maybe not necessarily. No, definitely, definitely. So, so we are just like, we're in the development phase of our device yet, right? So when I'm talking about the future of Yoni, that is the main goal that we want to do the safe houses. But how we're going to do the safe houses can obviously change. So we would love to work with governments. We would love to work with these individuals and resources. But right now, we're not that far yet. So right now, it's just we know that we're going to do this. But to actually give an answer with what kind of companies and organizations we're going to work with, we don't know yet because we don't know how much interest governments will show us, but we would love to work with governments because then we can actually make a bigger impact as well um, regarding the education and the support of a government. Being mostly based in Europe, do you see this um, this fragmentation of, uh, you know, maybe maybe something will fly in the Netherlands, but as you said, you, you, you had some trouble contacting, let's say, um, uh, providing organizations in in Hungary, but it's you know it's 27 
countries is would it not have been easier to go for the US market yes. where it's just one big it was monolithic easier, block. Yes, yes, no, definitely it would be easier because but that also means that we will be a wellness device because there's different regulations and uh, if we would like to launch in Europe anytime, anyway, we need to be a medical device. And what I said in the beginning that the US market has the main factor with femcare solutions, but all those companies that are wellness device because they went to market faster, they cannot enter your European market because they need to have their CE mark. That's why we prefer to first do the hard work. And then when we have our CE mark, we can because we know we can follow this process that we can actually launch in Europe, US, Asian markets everywhere. And that's also one thing that really makes us differentiated with the current competitors um, because they cannot come to Europe because they, they are a wellness device. We're actually really close to being a wellness device. We did a whole research and report with the hospitals that we're working with. Um, so we can we actually get this question many times, not many times, three times from men, individuals as well. Um, why not going to the market faster? Because then you can sell your device faster and then you can go to the US and then we say, yeah, but then we can never go to the European market or later and then the time frame will actually be the same because to be to receive the CE mark takes some time and we can actually develop our device within two years with all the studies being conducted, including the, the, the mark and the CE mark. So we decided to do it like this and we can actually dominate the market in Europe and UK and, UK and US as well. Do you see, uh, this is going to be a bit like philosophical question, but I guess any kind of knowledge about your own body gives you power to make decisions and have you ever experienced any kind of like pushback on on anyone's part saying like like maybe this is not you know we don't want this because because it's it's uh, yeah. it, it provides autonomy that might not be you know yeah. beneficial that's no, a good question it's actually one of the things that will be also being included in usability studies uh, but based on all the studies that are being conducted with the literature studies and even before building Yoni, we have the answers on that question that it is needed in the market and there's also a huge willingness to have these devices. But it's definitely interesting because the information that we will give can also give some people indeed, like this is maybe too much, right, for me to, to have this information. But that's why all the studies are so important and that's why we're making sure to all conduct the studies with the right partners because if we would decide to be wellness device, it could all be really faster and then we could indeed launch to the market but then we cannot answer these questions so that's for us it's really important to take our time to conduct the studies and to actually follow the process to really launch a solid strong medical device um, but it's indeed a, a good point that we're going to focus on and that will definitely be more clarified during our studies i have this experience with a smart scale that um it, me it measures um i don't know um like body fat and like hydration and, mm -hmm. and, and bone mass and and then you get a little you know report <laughs> on yourself and it's um i'm not super happy with it because it doesn't really aside from the kilograms everything else is just on a scale it doesn't tell me um actual grams or percentages it just tells me like okay this you scored you're in the green on this one you're in the red on this one and in the end there's a smiley face that is right now <laughs> a frowny face because it's 82 out of 100 but i have no idea 
about the metrics that are being used to judge me and it just says your body score average and it's a frowny face and i'm like hey i'm like come on like so it's not really that informational and educational well first of all it's not transparent <laughs> right not complete i don't understand how i arrived at this score another thing yeah. it's, it's 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 shaming me a little bit because <laughs> it's trying to represent that i need to do better which i yeah. fundamentally understand what the thought process behind it was but at the same time like i do not I, I don't know what else I could do. Maybe, yeah. yes, I could hit the gym four more times this <laughs> week, but just because the scale said so, that's coming from... Yeah. It's like an extrinsic way of motivating, which is yeah. not really good. I don't know what your plans are with with the device, how you're going to... Is it more like giving a neutral style of feedback? No. Or is that like... We're going to give really actual transparent feedback. Um, and because of the actual measurement within the vagina, we're also going to make sure to focus on lifestyle and well-being because um, what I explained in the beginning in the safe houses, because of the external factors... Oh, sorry. <laughs> because of the external factors um, that can also really affect the level of, of your vaginal health. So for us, it's really important to have this overall scope of view because sometimes it can fluctuate due to like a lot of sugars or, or let's say a lot of alcohol, someone goes partying and then actually you can have a yeast infection because of dietitian and lifestyle does not mean that you can actually need to go to a gynecologist to get all those medications where it means that you can just also balance the pH out again with a little bit of adjustment in your lifestyle. So for us, it's really important to really focus on the individual measurement and really give advice and fit for purpose solutions for the individual user. Without without this being medical advice, and what 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 is something that people can do to to make sure that I guess it's individual. Everyone has their yes. own different um, like bacterial makeup. But what is something that you could say that again, not medical advice? Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, so first of all, switch to natural tampons and pads. If you like to try out the period cup, that's also really uh, really sustainable and good for the environment as well. But that, for example, helps also with the pain during your periods. But don't use any kind of vaginal soap. If you see it in the store and it says, just make it smell better or it smells like roses or like mango or whatever kind of marketing purposes they have, don't do it because that's really gonna gonna influence the level of your pH. If you do notice a different kind of smell, advise you to go to your gynecologist. Um, but if you would like to use a soap, it needs to be pH neutral and balanced. So that's the biggest advice to do. So don't fall into those traps of those companies focusing on their branding and marketing <laughs> purposes. So due to, due to personal reasons, I've had uh, quite an introduction to patient uh, autonomy. And I guess around Around certain situations, you get a little bit of advice and training to say, like, if you go to the hospital, be very assertive and say that you want this, you don't want that. You can actually, you're the patient. It's not that you're always right. It means you have rights to refuse certain treatments, etc. Um, do, do you find that um, that it's easy to, to 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 behave in the same way when it's when it's because I think. I've never been to a gynecologist as a patient, of course, but I see it as a very exposed way of being, like, yeah. for the, the, the classic examination, you're in this very exposed way because, yeah. and, and there is a, it's, it's not really like having a conversation with a, gastro, with a gastroenterologist or something. No. no, it's not comfortable at all. I actually experienced it also in, in Budapest, actually, where I needed to do a checkup, and then I, I asked specifically up front that 
if it's possible to speak English. Then I brought my partner there. Um, it was a man. And then I was in this really uncomfortable position. And then the, the doctor starts talking to my partner in Hungarian. So I was super annoyed. I also left. And I know that I can, I, I know how to stand up for myself and I know how to like ask the questions that I need to ask to make sure that I get the resource that I want to have. But I understand that for a lot of women, it's really hard to to do this because you're already uncomfortable. Maybe you're there alone. Maybe you, you don't know what questions you like to ask. And obviously it's a medical practitioner, so they have what you authority, hope, yeah. the authority and also what you hope, the knowledge. And that's often not the case. So it's really confusing and it's just a really often a horrible situation that women are in. And it's, yes, I experienced it unfortunately many times myself. So I can only imagine how hard it can be during a pregnancy or actually by giving birth, how horrible some certain situations also can be with having the wrong people there helping you and guiding you. I just I just thought that maybe there's um there's a way you see this changing in the future or because um we're gonna have to end the show soon so yeah. <laughs> I want to end on a positive note that, that yes. that's hopefully no but the only global again we're a safe haven for women by women and and we have international uh, international uh, footprints and we make sure to work with the right partners that are having the right experience in healthcare that are on our team um, to actually make this change and the change already starts with our rep shop so even if you buy let's say organic tampons that money goes directly into the development of this de device that eventually will also create safe houses so it's just a chain of positive feedback positive chains in in the world with the only global rose uh, thank you so much for coming on talking about like super important yes. topics uh, even if it's unusual for a, for a morning saturday morning saturday conversation morning. <laughs> but you know it's uh, it's truth that people need to hear and uh, yeah and for those listening thank you thank you for joining us uh, and uh, yeah this has been another uh, episode of the show formerly known as expat uh, take care enjoy your weekend and we'll see you again in two weeks time until then take care and bye bye Peace, 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 peace. Power, power. Mad liberator, death operator, rock the data, amazing flavor. Yo, the way I fell, sometimes it's too hard to sit still. Things are so passionate, times are so real. Sometimes I try to chill, mellow down, blow a smoke. A smile on my face, but it's really no joke. You feel it in the street that people breathe without hope. They're going through the motion, they dimming down the focus. The focus get cleared, then the light turns sharp, and the eyes grow teary. The mind grow weary. I speak it so clearly, sometimes y'all don't hear me. I push it past the base, no nations got to feel me. I feel it in my bones, black. I'm so wide awake that I'm hardly ever asleep. My flow forever deep, and it's volumes of scriptures when I breathe. On a beat. My presence speak volume before I say a word I'm everywhere, penthouse, pavement, a curb Cradle to the grave, so cathedral of a shell Universal ghetto life, holla black, you know it well Quiet storm, vital form, pen push the brighter course Mind is a vital force, high level writer course Soul is the lion's roar, voice is the siren I swing round, ring out, and bring down the tyrant Chop a small axe and knock a giant lopsided The world is so dangerous, there's no need for frightening The suckers trying to hide
smile like the struggle won't find him Then the sun busts through the cloud to clearly remind him This A-Ware, penthouse pavement and curb Cradle to the grave, talk of each of a show Universal ghetto life, holla black, you know it well what it is You know, they know what it is We know, y'all know what it is Ecstatic, there it is Huh, what it is You know, we know what it is They know, y'all know what it is You know, it is what it is. You know, we know what it is. They know, y'all know what it is. You know, it is. Sit and come relax, riddle of the Mac, it's the patch I'm a soldier in the middle of Iraq We'll say about noonish, coming out the whip and Looking at me curious, a young Iraqi kid Carrying laundry, what's wrong G, hungry? No, give me my oil, get out my country And in Arabian, barking off of stuff Till his moms come grab him and they walk off in a rush Distrust, feeling like I was pissed up on wound I'm like, surely hope that we can fix our differences soon Buying apples, hun breaking on Brute, you take everything, why not just take the damn foot like master? I don't understand it, on another planet? Fifteen uh-huh. one of this stuff, how I'm gonna manage? And increasing this sentiment, gentlemen Getting down on their Middle Eastern instruments Realize trapping this crowd, huh? Walk over, kicked one of my fabulous raps Arab jaw drop, they well wish they glad rap Now the kid considered like an Elvis, a bad dad what it is? What it is? You know, they know what it is. We know, y'all know what it is. Ecstatic, there it is. Huh? What it is? You know, we know what it is. They know, y'all know what it is. You know, it is. What it is? You know, we know what it is. They know, y'all know what it is. You know, it is. Face mask with 